Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Just a reminder that everything discussed in today's episode will be linked in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at A Sunny Side Up Life. And if you're ready to take control of your money and need guided instructions, check out my free budgeting challenge by going to asunnysideuplife.com. Now let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another great interview. I am thrilled to be bringing you one of the most genuine and helpful people in the personal finance content creator space, Nika Booth. In 2018, Nika got serious about her debt and became passionate about all things personal finance. Today, she's an award-winning personal finance content creator and a go-to expert on money, debt, and student loan repayment. Debt Free Gonna Be has been featured in Business Insider, Bankrate, CNBC, and Yahoo Finance, just to name a few. Nika has amassed an impressive following of over 60K on Instagram and helps people slay debt without sacrificing fun. All right, you guys, let's welcome Nika to the podcast. All right. So welcome. I am so excited to have you here. Like I told you before we hit record, I'm a huge fan of yours and I love your reels. Um, So thank you for taking this time out to join us, first of all. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Uh, So for anyone who is new to your brand, tell us a little bit more about who you are and then we'll dig into the questions and your, your debt payoff story and all of that. Absolutely. So as we know, Amika, um, I'm a single woman tackling six-figure debt or how I like to say a single Pringle. I, I, that's like my new term for, <laughs> you know, single people. Yeah. Um, we're single Pringles, you know? Yeah. Um, and so with tackling my debt, you know, my debt, I'm also sharing, you know, the ups and downs. I'm doing it very transparently. Um, you know, and I know we'll get into my debt story shortly. You know, I'm kind of in a in a, in a waiting pattern right now, but, you know, I've gone through quite a bit since starting my journey in 2018. Um, and so in addition to sharing my journey, the good, the bad, the ugly and indifferent, I'm also talking about what it's like being single, what it's like managing money as a woman, what it's like managing money as a woman of color, you know? Um, cause I think these are things that may not always get the attention the awareness that they deserve, um, because they do impact how we manage our money. Right. Yes, definitely. That's why I love following you. Cause I just feel like you're so honest, but still like very relatable and funny. And, you know, I just, I just really enjoy following you and, you know, there's so many people in the personal finance space, that you can follow. And especially those of us that are like kind of a little farther along in our journey. And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, I know I need to like have a budget, like you're kind of past the basics. And so after a while, it kind of just all starts to mush together. Sure. And yeah. People start, you're like, wait, who's that person? They just kind of right. together. But <laughs> you've always stood out to me. And so I was like, when we're coming Thank up with the, with the guest list, I was V and I were like, yes, we have to have her on and it's gonna be great. 
Um, He's a good friend, even though I've never met her like in real life. But one day I'll meet you both. Yes. Yes. She's exactly like you would expect her to be. She's amazing. So let's go ahead and dig into your your debt story. You had $189,000 of debt, right? Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. explain a little bit more of what that consisted of and kind of what that journey started to look like for you? So when I originally started, like you said, I had $189,000 in debt. Um, that was about $50,000 in credit card debt. Mm. Just saying it just makes my stomach kind of, yeah. like, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I had roughly five grand or so left on my car. And then the rest was student loans. I had like $134,000 in student loan debt. Um, In July of 2019, just about a year, coming up on the year mark of of, of being on my journey, I had some outstanding tax returns that I needed to file. All right. So, (laughs) you know, don't do what I did for several years. I underwithheld. Uh, just trying to get that extra money, which really it wasn't my money, <laughs> trying to get that extra money on my paycheck. Right. And as part of, you know, coming face to face with my debt, I knew that these tax returns needed to be filed so that I could get the full scope of everything that I owed. Hired a, you know, hired a tax professional, got those, you know, got the tax returns filed. And on the surface, you know, it kind of looked like, Oh, it's $17,000. And and I'm not saying it like $17,000 is a small amount of money. Right. Um, but in the grand scheme of everything that I owe, you know, I'm sitting here with six figure debt and I'm like, what's 17 grand? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was already gut wrenching. But when the bills came in from the IRS in D- DC with the interest and the penalties, oh, Sammy, it was upwards of $22,000. And, right. right. And, you know, it took, I can't remember exactly where I was as far as like my current, my debt balance at that time. I know I had paid off my car. I had paid off a few credit cards. The student loans were always going to be the last thing I tackled anyway, but I went above 189 and it put me at $211,000. And it definitely almost knocked me on my butt, but, you know, I kind of worked through that and now I'm here with you today and I only have my student loans. Well, mine is my mortgage, but I have right. my student loans. Yeah. So it, when it was all said and done, it was about $211,000. Wow. That is amazing. That, that's, that's a mortgage. Just, yes. That's, yes. That's a yeah, mortgage. That's actually more than my mortgage. I mean, I'm in Texas, so that's more than my mortgage in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that that's funny that you say that because um, that's kind of similar to what happened to us. I had my own business and like just being, you know, a baby business owner at the time, Mm -hmm. I didn't do my taxes correctly. And we were a little bit into our, our debt payoff journey, like within the first year. And I got like two from two different tax years, like little bills from the IRS that was like, you still owe us, you know, I don't know. It was like four or 5,000 or something um, where I didn't claim stuff that I was supposed to claim something. And I was like, no, Oh, and I like mm-hmm. had to go back and add it. And I also o- owed sales tax from that business that oh, I got wow, behind yeah. on paying. We owed property taxes on three properties that we owned at the time. Like just every kind of tax sure. you can imagine, yeah. we owed it. So I actually did this episode one time that we called Don't F with the IRS. Yes. Because <laughs> it was like, oh man. It's true. You, you don't. put them up at the top of your list. Absolutely. Them and the, and the state, because the state can be as ruthless as the uh, more ruthless than 
the IRS. I remember the IRS was pretty easy when it came to establishing a a payment plan, you know, to to tackle the outstanding debt. But let me tell you, DC's tax and revenue office, they were not playing with me at all. My state sales tax, I got my bank account froze um, two or three different times from not paying sales tax from my old business. They literally lock down every single account your social security number is attached to. Wow. It was no joke. That's insane. Yeah. My husband was pretty upset about that because it wasn't just my business accounts. It was our personal accounts. Wow. Yeah. That was a really hard lesson to learn, Um, but we're here now. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You live and you learn. Exactly. Exactly. So Tell me, walk me through kind of like how that inspired you to start your, your brand, your Instagram page, Mm -hmm. everything that you do and kind of how did that play into your debt-free journey timeline? I had started and stopped my journey a number of times before Mm -hmm. I got started, like seriously started in 2018. And I actually didn't have the Instagram yet. Um, I didn't create the Instagram page debt-free going to be until February of 2019. And I started it because I just felt like I needed a little bit more accountability. Like, you know, I had told myself, I kind of had this meeting with myself and said, okay, you keep saying you want this life where you're not shackled to debt. Are you really that serious about it? Like, how is this time different than times before? Right. And I also just add what kind of lit the fire under my butt and why I stuck with the journey or how I've been able to stick with the journey for so long is because shortly after beginning in 2018, I I do work for the federal government. We were furloughed under the last administration for 35 days. Those 35 days, I worked full-time and received partial pay. Every paycheck looked different. And I just remember one saying to myself, well, does this mean I'm not supposed to be on this journey? Because here it is. I've got my first hiccup. You know, I've started, I said I was serious. And now here I am not having consistent income coming in that I can actually, you know, budget around, you know, and and make a plan for. And then I said, also, I don't want anyone to have that much control over my financial future. I don't want anyone to have that much control over whether I can pay my mortgage, put groceries in the refrigerator and so on and so forth. And that's what really set me afire, like set me ablaze on this journey. So once that furlough was over in January of 2019, I was like, that's it. (laughs) It's, you know, pardon, pardon the term, but it's balls to the wall. You know, I'm just straight up, I'm going for it. And I kind of had that, you know, Dave Ramsey, gazelle, you know, gazelle intensity um, mentality where I'm just going to throw everything at my debt and starting debt-free going to be after that furlough. And once I said, okay, accountability is going to be the thing that's going to help me stick to this. That's how debt-free going to be came about. And it, it has been the platform for me to document my journey. I probably documented it more on Instagram than I did in my own personal records because I'm missing like, you know, how much interest I actually paid on every, you know, on every debt that I've paid off. Um, But I have been able to, and I'm actually, you know, I'm grateful for it. I've been able to build that little community that I have on Instagram where everyone, regardless of where they are on their journey, it's a supportive community. And people have seen me cry. They've seen me get hit with the text that they've seen me go through heartache, through a breakup. I've, I've shared life 
because no matter what you're doing on your financial journey, life is going to life, right? Yeah. You're going to have, you know, ups and downs. And we've been able to, to, to really build, you know, this community that just supports one another. And it's, it's a great place to be. Yes. If I do say so myself. <laughs> yes. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I even, I do things on purpose where I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up in my real life. And like, for example, a couple months ago, my husband and I got our first credit cards to do, to start travel hacking. Okay. And we had not had credit cards since we decided, you know, draw a line in the sand. Mm -hmm, We're done mm -hmm. with, we very much abuse credit cards and we've been, (laughs) yep. We've been scared all these years. We're like, can we, are we responsible enough to do travel hacking? Yeah. And I'm telling my sister about it. And my sister's like, just tell your Instagram followers what you're doing and Mm-hmm. they'll hold you accountable. They You'll sure have will. to be real and honest with your Instagram followers. You always mm-hmm. are. And I was like, okay, as soon as I got that card in the mail, I was like, I got a credit card. You guys hold <laughs> me accountable. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing. And that's, you know, like we need that community because a lot of times we don't, we don't always have those people in, you Correct. know, in our real life. Yeah. And so that's, you know, I think that's exactly how yeah. Instagram friendships turn into real life friendships exactly. <laughs> to connect with people. And it's so powerful. I'm glad you said that about, you know, sometimes we don't have that accountability, those people in our lives. That was another thing, you know, I found when I was, when I was getting serious about starting my journey and I was starting to tell people, starting to tell family, some close friends, you know, and there were people who were just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then there were people who were like, well, you're always going to owe people, you know, what do you mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're always going to have debt that everybody, everybody owes someone. And it wasn't, you know, that didn't make necessarily make me feel upset or um, unen- unencouraged. It just said, okay, maybe these aren't the people that I can necessarily share this journey <laughs> with. Right. And all that I'm going to experience. Um, but ironically, I guess, ironically, um, they were, some people started to pay attention to what I was doing on Instagram. And as more and more people found me relatable and the platform grew, I would get these random text messages saying, Hey, look, look what I paid off or, you know, something like that. Like, Oh, I saved up. I I was able to do this. So, you know, even if those people aren't necessarily in your, you know, you don't have them in your immediate space, um, you know, if you're, if you are hell bent on achieving your goal, do it anyway. Regardless of what people say, because you never know who's paying attention to what you're doing. You never know whose life you may actually change. I have several people in my real life that like, maybe I didn't share, you know, but they kind of will in the, in the shadows, follow you on Instagram and stuff. And then they will always share their wins or financial struggles with me. Like mm-hmm. people come over to visit, you know, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you, I paid off this credit card. I knew you would be so proud. See, And yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. Or, you know, how many people texted me during, uh, you know, the student loan forgiveness news? People oh, were like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm so excited because this is how much student loan debt I have. You know, and that's not information you just tell everybody, but people yeah. know like I'm that safe space. Yep. To, to share. Absolutely. But yeah. With your, I feel like your platform really grew very quickly. And I think it's because you are so honest and relatable and just, you know, amazing to follow, mm-hmm. but how do you balance that with your full-time job? Because you put a <laughs> lot of work into your I Instagram do. page. <laughs> I don't know if I would necessarily say that I've achieved balance to be honest right. with you. Um, I think, you know, I think I've kind of hit this 
I'm in a stride now, right? Like I'm not the same creator I was before. Um, And I think I've kind of reached this place of just harmony. So I am lucky that I do get to work from home. Um, You know, the pandemic changed a lot for a lot of people. Um, And I do get to work from home uh, now. Um, And so I just find opportunities to create, right? So some weeks and every week looks different. Sometimes I'm on it, sometimes I'm not. some some weeks I'm finding opportunities like in between meetings to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a day and I'll like plan out like what reels I want to record and what I want the topics to be. And then I'll choose another day where I actually like work on the captions for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also allowing flexibility because like things like the student loan forgiveness news, like I didn't know what those details were going to be like until the details came out. Right. right. So I, I had to kind of pivot on what my original plans would be. Um, but I'm not just a content creator and I'm not just a full-time employee. You know, I wear several hats. I also coach like you do, you know, I have speaking engagements that I have to do. I'm an auntie, I'm a daughter, I'm, you know, I'm a sister, you know, I'm all these things. And so what I try to do is carve out time for those things and, and be strong on those boundaries. I'm the queen of boundaries. So if I have any of those hats on or really just doing nothing because that's what I need to do for rest, I only do those things um, instead of, you know, trying to multitask. If, if I'm being auntie one day or for an hour of the day, that hour is dedicated to just that. So I think it's really not necessarily balance and it's going to look different for everyone. Right. Um, but I also just don't stress about putting out content. I, you know, I went to Tampa recently, um, and I didn't really put out content while I was gone, but my page is still full of resources, resources, excuse me. And so what I do is I like, I rest in knowing that I don't have to always be on Instagram every single day for people to still find value in my content. It's there. You just got to, you know, you just got to peruse it. And I've got guides set up for people to find. And so I don't stress out about it anymore. You know, there used to be this thing where you're trying to chase the algorithm and it's like, you've got to post three times a day. Who's doing that? I have a whole life that I live outside of death free going to (laughs) be. So I cannot, you know, I can't be there all the time. So I think really me getting to that place. And it took a while for me to get to that place where I didn't feel like I had to be on all the time. Um, But ever since then, it's just been peaceful. I sometimes I post, sometimes I don't. (laughs) And I think that's what makes the best content. And that's what makes the most enjoyable creators to follow is people who are like, real people like yeah. you have some substance to yeah. you and you know and people need to see that and people need to hear that yeah I'm I'm real good at setting boundaries and yeah. that's you know people ask me the same thing how do you do all the things you do you know how do you oh if I'm doing something just rest assured that I want to be here mm-hmm. doing this or mm-hmm. I would have said no Absolutely. You know, I tell my coaching clients that all the time. I'm like, you're going to see my availability on my calendar and just know that any of those times are fine with me. If it says 8 p.m. on a weeknight, that's fine with me. If it says a Saturday morning, that's fine with me. Or I would block it out because I'm real good about uh, I need this Saturday off. I'm not Mm -hmm. doing calls. Mm -hmm. I need to go to bed early this night. I'm not doing calls. You got to take you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, though. So. Tell us a little bit more about, you said you really got kind of like gazelle intense mm-hmm. and you did a lot of things. Tell us a little bit more about some of the things you did. I know that you did a lot of side hustles and things mm-hmm. like that. Walk us through some of the things that you did to kind of side hustle your way out of debt. Yeah. Most people know, it, it, 
you know, from the beginning that I was really heavy into Instacart. I had actually started Instacart before I was an Instacart shopper um, before I started my debt-free journey. Mm. I was doing Instacart as a way of saving money for my down payment for my condo, honestly. Love that. Um, and I just, you know, once I got into the condo and I said, okay, you, you need a plan, girl. You got to get out of this debt. You know, you need to be able to save if something happens, you know. Um, so I kept doing Instacart. Um, but after a while, that kind of fizzled itself out. Instacart kind of changed. Um, and so from there, I started, to, I pivoted to um, working at, the front desk at an indoor cycle studio. It was actually a cycle studio that I had a membership. And I was like, okay, well, and I didn't even know the cycle studio was hiring. Like I just decided to reach out to the owner, like, hey, you know, I'm already a member paying, you know, a hundred and something a month. How about, you know, taking me on to help with your social media, to help at the front desk, getting, you know, the bike set up for classes and things like that. And, you know, would it be okay if I also just, and, you know, instead of paying the membership, I just was able to cycle in whatever free time that I had. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. So That's I amazing. did that for about a year. Um, and then the pandemic happened. But I'll tell you this. Before the pandemic happened, I was already starting to feel the burnout. So you can only yeah. go gazelle intense. You can only work two jobs. You can, you know, while also managing all this other stuff, but for so long. My relationship at the time was starting to suffer. Um, it had some other things <laughs> to work through beyond the fact that I was constantly busy. And then in my downtime, I was constantly trying to, to you know, replenish my energy reserves. Um, but it was a struggle and I was tired. I was even showing up to Instagram tired. Mm -hmm. um, and I had quit. It was only supposed to be a break. I was taking a month off of the cycle studio um, in March of 2020 mm. to go, um, I was going to, I'm a big baseball fan, uh, right. Washington nationals, 2019 world champions. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, I was going down to West Palm beach for spring, for their spring training. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. I'll just Don't pause be. you right Don't there. Be. So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm an Astros fan. Cause we're from, you know, uh, we live near the Houston. Same and, oh my gosh, that's bucket list. I'm so yeah. jealous. I no, didn't know you, you got did that. Yeah, you got to get down there. Um, yes. And I'm sorry okay. about your team because they yeah. went through their whole scandal too. Oh you know? man, I know. <laughs> I know. It's been a hard time to be a fan. But yeah. anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. That's a, No, that's cool. Um, But I'm glad to know that because now we can now we can talk about baseball. Yeah. Um, you guys have Dusty Baker, one of our beloved, you know, yeah. skippers. So no, that's all. That's, that, that's honestly cool. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so... I was like, okay, well, I'll take this time. I go down to West Palm Beach for a little bit and I'll just take this time to really like mend my relationship, um, you know, figure out what's next for me. At the time I was still, actually, I might have taken a pause on my debt payments, not because I stopped the side hustle, but because I just needed a break, right. you know? It's it. it's an emotional and mental, um, it, it's emotional and mental work to throw money found money, gifted money, extra money every time you get paid to debt and you see the benefit, but you don't really see the benefit, right? You're like, you see the balance go down. And in some, in some cases you don't, because there's so much, it's high interest or whatever. Anyway, 
you asked me about side hustles and I'm going off on a tangent. No, no, but it's, it's amazing. And I love, I love that because I think we see a lot on Instagram of you need a side hustle. You need a side mm-hmm. hustle. Ignoring the fact that like we're humans absolutely, and sometimes we're struggling just to get out of bed and do our regular jobs yep. <laughs> and exactly. take care of our family and take care of ourselves. And like, you want me to do something on the side of all that? Yep. Like, I, I love that though. See, that's why I like following you. Cause so, <laughs> I appreciate you seeing honest. me. Yeah. yeah. So I was done. Like I was just tapped mentally tapped and then COVID happened. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, this is buying me more to buy me more time, you know, to figure out things. Um, and then I just said, you know what, maybe this is a sign that I just need to buckle down, um, help debt free going to be grow maybe not take on another side hustle, but somehow or another in that I found Murakari. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, I thought Murakari was the best thing. I still think it is one of the best. If for anyone who doesn't know what Murakari is, it is an online selling platform. Uh, yes, it is better than Poshmark. Yes, it is better than I agree. It's my favorite. Other. It I bought and great. sold. Oh yes. my goodness. Like, and it was to the point where I sold and also bought things off of Mercari because I could find them like things I needed, but I could find them for less. I mean, people, and I had gotten so many people hooked on Mercari. They were making extra debt payments. They were funding their emergency funds. People were selling things like socks and open <laughs> makeup and just things you wouldn't think people would buy from other people. People were selling this stuff and they were successful yeah. at it. And I ended up making it, uh, creating an ebook about it because I love the platform and I thought it was an easy way that people could make money um, from their home with things that they may have purchased with money they didn't necessarily have or things that they no longer needed and that was that was collecting dust. You know, declutter for cash or declutter for dollars is kind of what I called it. Um, and so that was probably like my last little side hustle that I had. Um, I do have a box literally sitting next to me of things that I need to list on my car. I have a little pile. <laughs> also, it's like, it's mostly like jeans. Um, you know, I tried to pick like a few key items because mm-hmm. I can't, I, I don't have enough time to like sell every little thing, sure. but I've sold something. I've sold a lot of jeans because jeans hold their value mm-hmm. like really well. Mm-hmm. And then with my kids, I would do, you know, like if they were my oldest is so picky about the texture of her clothes. So she would get a lot of things and then not want to wear them. And so like, I sold this little two piece, like, um, dry fit Nike track suit and she hated the texture. And so I went and flipped it on Mercari. And I've also heard of people going to like thrift stores, garage sales, things like that. Finding, you know, like, Nike, Adidas, you know, good brands and, and mm-hmm. flipping them on Mercari. I know mm-hmm. people who literally do that yep. as their regular income. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, are there any other tips that you would share for others who are kind of wanting to side hustle their way out of debt other than like, don't burn yourself out. Is there anything else that you would like to share about side? I mean, hustle? that was the, that was the primary one. Like, don't, don't, don't burn yourself out. Like yeah. just understand that if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't rest when you need to rest and notice I said rest, I didn't say quit. If you don't rest, there's no journey. There's no anything without you. Like you've got to be okay. So, you know, it's easy to get consumed by the side hustle. Just do your best not to, um, but really just picking a side hustle that has the best payoff for you. Like mm-hmm. it's something that you not only enjoy, but the time goes by fast when you're doing it. 
and that you're getting the most for your, like you're making the money that you feel you need to make for your time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Is there any advice if you could kind of go back to that past version of yourself, maybe at, you know, 2018 or so the beginning of your debt-free journey, is there any advice that you would really give yourself back then? Yeah. Don't listen to Dave Ramsey. No, (laughs) scratch that. You can take that out. Um, (laughs) Sincerely, I, I, I followed his, I followed strict financial advice, you know, about paying off debt. Um, the number of times that I started the journey before 2018, but also a few months into the journey in 2018. Um, and I was miserable. And I think that is part of the reason why I didn't stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think making sure you, when you're budgeting, and I know it can be hard if you're just starting out and you're not exactly certain how to budget, just know that no budget is going to be perfect. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've been budgeting for years now and I am still always making adjustments to my budget. Yes. Um, but making sure that your budget is not only realistic for your lifestyle, your goals, and I don't mean the lifestyle that led you into debt. I don't mean you right. know, spending <laughs> you know, unintentionally, not that, but making sure that you provide flexibility or create flexibility within your budget, but also have a line item in your budget for fun stuff. Like it's okay to enjoy things that, that bring you joy, whether it's gift giving or baseball or yes, getting, you know, your hair done or getting a manicure and a pedicure. And, and you may have to make an adjustment. Maybe you can't do it as frequently as you would like to do it. Maybe it's a once a month treat or, you know, whatever the case may be build in that into your budget as well as little rewards. And maybe that's the reward. Maybe, you know, getting a nice mani petty is the reward for paying off your first credit card, or maybe it's the reward for paying off $10,000 of debt, whatever the case may be, budget for it. And I think by doing that, you know, a lot of people think that they have to be, they have to go all the way hard and it's all or nothing. And you've got to devote every single thing to paying off debt. Trigger warning for anybody who has dieted and under, you know, understands that the more restrictive your diet is, the more restrict your diet is, the least like you likely you are to follow through with it and be successful. And the same thing applies to paying off debt. Yeah. And, you know, though I've been successful on my debt-free journey, I do recognize that that not, not realizing that I could still enjoy things at a, at a, at less of a frequency or less of using less amount of money. Um, it probably would have helped me earlier on in the beginning of my journey. Yeah, I completely agree. That reminds me of a couple. I, I use that same analogy with our relationship with food is a lot like our relationship with money. Like yeah. if you kind of restrict it, then you're going to get into a binge and purge kind of mentality. And Mm -hmm. that's not healthy, just like it's not Mm -hmm. healthy with your food. It's not healthy with your money. Mm -hmm. And also what you said about the whole point is not to hate your life in the process. And if you end up hating your life, then that's, that's not the point of budgeting. The point of budgeting is so you actually don't have to think about money as often. (laughs) You don't Mm -hmm. have to obsess over, wait, did I pay that bill? Or how can I scrounge up another $5 to like, Mm -hmm you know, side hustle some to something. It's like, actually enjoy your life and actually not have to obsess over money all the time. And I I did a lot of the same things in the beginning. I went really hard on things. I 
drove a lot of people crazy. There was this ongoing joke at my house was that if someone touched a paper towel when you could have used a washable rag, they're like, don't use Sammy's paper towels because, (laughs) you know, I mean, just like ridiculous, frugal, just crazy. Yeah. But that was, it can be stressful. That can be stressful, you know, just trying to trying to be so tight and trying to be so frugal and, and, and just being my, I mean, yes, be mindful. That is the journey definitely teaches you to be more mindful, more intentional about what you consume, what you spend. Sure. But it can be so stressful, especially if you are, and I'm not saying you did this, um, but, but I know people who do, and I'm sure you've spoken to people who do, but you end up comparing your journey to other people's journeys. Mm -hmm. That's, one, it takes away the joy and awesomeness that is your life, right? And your journey and the things that you're supposed to experience along the way. Um, but it also creates this like false barometer or or goal that you're supposed to aspire to. Everybody's journey is going to look different. But um, I, early on, even though I, you know, I talk about, oh, don't compare your journey to other people's. Like early on, I kind of did that too, because, you know, I would see these people, whether they were single or financially coupled in one way or another. And I would constantly be like, oh my goodness, um, they've paid off so much debt in this little bit of time. And here I am, little single old me, like, yeah. what? <laughs> I know. How are they doing this? You know, but you can't worry about what other people are doing. You have to do the best with what you have, um, yeah. you know, what you're starting with. We all, again, everybody's journey looks different. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So let's kind of, let's talk about the student debt payoff, all that, all that forgiveness stuff. I know a lot of your content has been focused on that. Mm -hmm. I know people, I forwarded a lot of my friends and family, your information, because you always kind of like do more the, you do the research on it. And I'm like, I'll just repost her stuff. (laughs) Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that, about, you know, why, why you do focus so much of your content on it Mm -hmm. and why it's, why it's so important. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of it is what, because, well, that's the debt that I have left, right? So, you know, I tend to kind of lean in um, to my experience with a particular type of debt, as well as the education that I receive around that type of debt. Um, And I really pivoted to student loans. One, like I said, because that's what's left, but also before I just had my student loans left, I'll tell you something. There was something, there was a post that I made that validated that it wasn't just me, that student loans are a problem, all right? This was probably January of 2020. um, And I was at work. uh, I was probably in between meetings, which I would tend to kind of just, you know, we're talking about balance and, you know, content creation and full-time job. Um, But I had, I was sitting in my office and I, I was probably taken to my stories at one point, just talking to people, but I decided to share and this was brave of me as right. if other things that I had shared along my journey weren't brave. Right. Yeah. But I sh- wrote on a post-it note, the amount of interest that accrues on my student loans every, <sighs> every day. Oh, every day. Oh, every man. day. And it, it, it was $25. It was like $25 in some change. So keep that in mind. I think the calculation is something like if you take that $25 and some change and multiply it by like 30 days, it's like 700 and something dollars. Yeah. My minimum payment was only like eight something. It, it might've actually been a little less than that. But the illustration, what I was trying to point out in this post and by sharing it is that my minimum payment is only interest. I am 
not at all touching the principal on my student loans. And this is why many of us who can only afford the minimum payment aren't making any dents in our student loans because of this interest in the way interest on student loans work. And if you're not certain the way student loan interest works, it capitalizes. So any unpaid interest gets added on to the loan balance. And then that new balance begins to accrue more interest the day after the payment is due. So that it's the opposite of how our investments grow. Yes. It is the opposite of compounding, uh, compounding interest. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And when people started to respond to that post and say, oh, my God, me too. Or, oh, my goodness, mine looks like this. It's kind of when I realized at some point I'm going to have to shift to student loans because a lot of people, I mean, the data is out there. The research has been done. There are people who are crippled, crippled by student loan debt. Oh, yeah. For one reason or another. And the more people that started to share their stories with me about their student loans, private or or federal, I realized, oh, we really do have a problem. People aren't just saying, people aren't just saying there's a student debt crisis. There is a reason why we have this trillion trillion dollar issue. Yeah. And so once I paid off my last credit card um, last year, and you know, there was talk of student loan forgiveness. People were were expecting the the administration to do something about student loans. You know, I started to pay attention to who was appointed at like at the Department of Education, the people that the administration was bringing on, and I was like, okay, there's going to be change here, and I I want to read, I want to know about this change. I want to be aware of this change and how it's going to impact people because I know because of this crisis, many people are going to be impacted by the changes that are made to student loans. And that's really what kind of got me into pivoting. I didn't necessarily mean to, because I still want to talk about other debt, but my audience is telling me student loans is a big issue for them. And this is what they want to know about. And so my my content has kind of pivoted to all student loans and it's trying to get people out of student loans as best I can, you know, forgiveness programs, repayment options, contacting your employer to see if they offer repayment, you know, assistance. So that's how, that's why you see me talking mostly about student loans because it's a hot topic. Oh yeah. Whether you're against it or for it, it's a hot topic. And there are people who are waiting to move on with their lives. There are people who haven't had children, haven't gotten married, can't Mm -hmm. buy homes, haven't, haven't retired in their retirement age yes. because they're still strapped with student loan debt. Yeah. I, I spoke to one of my clients who is a teacher, you know, making a teacher's mm-hmm. salary. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about, it was the first time I had met with her since the um, news had came out. And she was like, she had like 19,000 left on her student loans. And she was like, well, that'll be really good. Cause it'll pull it down to nine. And I was like, well, did you just knowing, you know, her background and, um, kind of how she kind of came from like a low income family and everything. And I was like, well, did by chance, did you have a Pell grant? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. Pell grant's going to be 20,000. And she was like, uh, uh-uh. like that literally um, her debt it. is like 19,000. Yeah, and she was like, yeah. are you, are you serious? Just like being on the call with her and being like, knowing that, you know, this is a public school teacher, like people who are already not getting paid enough. And it was a big moment. It was a big moment, but talk to us about people who are kind of against the student loan forgiveness and people Mm -hmm. who kind of say, well, I paid off mine. Why should mm-hmm. I now I have to pay off yours? Like I've seen, mm-hmm. oh man, I've seen all kinds of comments uh-huh. and talk to us about that. 
Yeah, I'm a bit over it at this point, um, yeah. you know, yeah. debating and trying to change people's minds. But sincerely, um, I understand, you know, why people think this way. And I don't think that it was an initial thought. I think people have subscribed to other groups' opinions about student loan forgiveness, and they've identified with it and said, okay, yeah, you're right. Why should I have to pay for your student loans? Yeah. Here's, but the truth of the matter is, if you're against student loan forgiveness, what I try to get people to kind of just pause and say, well, why does this bother me so much? Mm -hmm. Is it because I paid off my loans? Is it because it seems like it's a handout from the government? And then I just say, okay, well, were we this upset when the airlines were bailed out, mm -hmm. when the banks, when the automobile industry, your tax dollars went to that too, and yet you didn't benefit really. Right. And I remind people of the way that taxes work. And listen, I'm not a policy person. I'm not a tax professional. I don't know all the law, but I do understand as a tax paying citizen that my tax dollars always go to things that I don't directly yep. get to benefit from. They go to infrastructure that I don't drive on. Yeah. Um, they go to, believe it or not, uh, people who rent, who choose to rent, their tax dollars go to subsidize first-time homebuyer programs yeah. that they may or may not be able to be a part of. I don't have children, and yet my tax dollars go to education programs, you know, and I won't have children, you know. And so I think it gets a little frustrating because somewhere along the lines, we stopped realizing that as citizens, we pour into, as taxpaying citizens, we pour into organizations and programs for the betterment of people. Mm -hmm. And here we have an opportunity um, to have our tax dollars. And we won't, the thing is, we don't even know. No one knows what percentage know. of your tax dollars go to where, right? We right. don't even know if you'll, if these tax dollars that you're paying today will even go to yeah. student, this student loan forgiveness, you know? But, you know, here we have an opportunity to have millions of people, I mean, millions of people get a fresh start get a head start, get a leg up, be able to do some of the things that we haven't been able to do, or we, we've been able to do, I should say. Um, and, and to kind of just step back and say, you know what, this isn't necessarily about me, but if I have an opportunity to have a part in a change for, to increase, you know, to improve the economy, you know, to improve people's lives, like, why am I, why right. am I sitting here arguing with Nika on social media about right. it? You know, I, I, don't, I know, I, don't I know. I, I just think like it's the betterment for our society in general. Mm -hmm. And like me personally, when I was in college, we, my husband already had his career and we kind of set up a payment plan and like cash flowed our way through it. Yeah. We ended up kind of making some silly mistakes as far as, since we were on a payment plan, sometimes we were short for like groceries mm -hmm. and gas and that stuff ended up on a credit card. Would I have been better to maybe just get a student loan? I don't know. But I was like, well, I kind of, I, my husband and I cash flowed my college and I'm really grateful for that. And so I didn't end up with student loan debt. And I'm like, but I'm still really happy for these people. I, mm -hmm. I didn't even think for a second to be upset, upset. or jealous yeah. or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like, and and to me, I'm thinking, you know, people get so bent out of shape about giving money to people who aren't trying or, you know, giving too many handouts or whatever they want to say. 
And like, these are people who intentionally went to school to -hmm. try to better themselves, to, Mm -hmm. to better our society in general, to, you know, probably break generational curses. Like for me, I was the first, I was a first generation college graduate. My sisters followed behind me. Our generation was the first ones to go to college. Mm -hmm. And you know, my sister, she has a lot of student loans. She was the first one to get a master's degree in our family. She's the most educated person in our family. And she has student loans to prove that. And I'm like, we're, we're, you know, like the, the rising tide lifts all lifts ships. All sh- ships. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I'm like, come on guys. And like, nobody was mad when we figured out how many, how much taxes like Amazon was dodging and like all these like yeah. billionaires. Yeah. Why are we, why are people not as upset about that? Yeah. You're helping like regular people, regular people, regular people, not billionaires, not millionaires. And that's the thing. Like also it just takes, you know, here's the thing from one human to another, listen, listen to the experiences of the people who are, are, are sharing, you know, their student loan stories. And I'm not talking about mine. I'm talking about other, you know, other people. And, and on top of that, um, just to add, the most people, the, the people who are most affected by student loan debt are women. Yeah. And yeah. and women of color, you know. Yeah. Um, and you you know, it, it's you know, we don't make women don't right. make but men do. And so there's that also. So while, you know, it may sound nice to, oh, just pay off your debt the way I did, not everyone's telling the same story, nor do they come from the same background, some same place with the resources, you know? And so it's being able to step out of yourself um, and just acknowledge that everyone's experience is not like yours and that there are these barriers. There are systemic barriers that may prevent people from doing the same thing you did like you did it. Yeah. And and, and I, I just wish more people would just listen and kind of take themselves out of it and understand that, you know, we're no one's, most of the people who want for anyone who might be listening and who's against student loan forgiveness, most of the people who have student loans want to pay their student loans back. Yes. They thought they would be able to because they thought they would acquire income and jobs yeah. that would allow them to do that. And unfortunately, a lot of people, that's yeah. not the case. They didn't realize how ridiculous the interest would be, like you were and, saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I look back at like mine and the the privilege of just for one getting married at 20 <laughs> like the privilege that that allowed me <laughs> the fact that i moved in with my husband at 18 and he basically started taking care of me yeah. financially from then that's awesome, though. basically three and a half years of my college all but one semester yeah. he he you know gave me a place to live bought me food did all the you know helped me pay the payments that's an enormous privilege without him doing that I would have been buried in student loans also yeah like I mean and just to the fact to go back and be like one change would have changed my whole life and to be like completely ignore that privilege is ridiculous to be like well those people should have they should struggle like me right which sounds if you and it's almost like are you sick are you listening to like, say this out loud. Like it's one thing for you to think it, but when you say it out loud and then still type it or say it to someone yeah. else, it's like, you want me to, str- 
And, and, you know, someone, I don't know who, but someone used the perfect analogy and it was with cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone has cancer, perhaps dies from cancer and they somehow, you know, they come up with a cure for it. Are you saying to me now that the, uh, these other people should suffer because your loved one or you suffered? Like, yeah, that it's makes hard. No sense. I get it. Yes. But like, <laughs> I go through the same. That's like literally the perfect example because my dad actually died from cancer. Oh, and no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. No. And then I saw this commercial. <laughs> I saw this commercial and it was like, exactly. It was lung cancer, which is exactly what he had. And it was like this guy who beat cancer because he went to whatever hospital they were Mm -hmm. advertising. And then he got Mm -hmm. to be at his daughter's wedding. And I was like, you know what commercial, (laughs) you know what? (laughs) But then I was like telling my mom about it. My mom was like, I saw that commercial too. Oh my God. And I was like, I mean, good for that girl that she got to yeah. have her dad there, I guess, you know, but yeah. it's like the perfect yeah. analogy. It's like, I know how hard it was. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't want. Correct. Why would you want generation? that for someone else? Yeah. Oh, that's the perfect analogy though. I hadn't heard anybody. I hadn't heard that one going around, but I love yeah. it. I love it for sure. So let's talk about a couple of things that you wish you saw more in the personal finance space. Is there anything that you're like, come on guys. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I will say this, I'm, you know, I'm not going to beat up the personal finance space because it is changing and it has Mm -hmm. changed. You know, it used to be very white male and now you see more women, women of color talking about personal finance, injecting themselves in this space and taking up space within it. Um, sharing their stories and allowing other people to use their platforms to share theirs. So I I love that about um, the personal finance space. Um, What I really would like to see, and and this is what I try to do, is just to kind of get down to the root cause of things, right? To get down to, you know, people will say they're bad with money. Well, here's why you could be bad with money. And kind of just acknowledging kind of what what I was talking about when it came to student loans and you saying, you know, acknowledging privilege and things like that. Like there are barriers that you don't see or you may not have to experience, but it doesn't mean that they don't exist. Right. And just more inclusive personal finance, education and content. Um, And again, it's there. Like it's just, you don't see a lot of, you don't see people being transparent about uh, what life is like for them. And I'm not saying you got to put all your business out there. Right. But you see people kind of still skirting around, like they'll get close, but they'll kind of still skirt around the full facts of things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's because they may not necessarily want to ruffle feathers or, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're just trying to play nice about it, but playing nice about it and skirting around the facts and the truth, it, it does a disservice to the other people. Like, so, um, you know, with my audience, I just try to just kind of say what it is. And I just wish more people would kind of not be afraid to call a thing a thing. But I, I, I recognize this movement that is, you know, us women being loud about who we are (laughs) and taking up this space and saying, listen, you know, money is different for us. The way we earn it is different. The way we have to spend it is different. You know, people aren't talking about the paint tax. People aren't talking about the single tax. You know, people aren't talking about those things. And not to mention, you know, when you're a couple, when you're married, you have to manage your finances differently too, you know? Um, And so 
I am grateful to be a part of this movement <laughs> that I see, you know, yes. this, this movement that is happening. So, I mean, it's not anything big that I think the personal finance space is still lacking. I just wish we were, I just wish we were more transparent and more honest about the challenges that we face. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly, you know, what I'm, you know, trying to do it. And I'm one of those yeah. people that's like, I just want everyone to get along sure. and I don't want to make anybody <laughs> mad, but also, you know, it's like, I'm trying to kind of push myself as well to be yeah. like, if you don't talk about anything that's slightly controversial, you're really not helping anyone yeah. Yeah. just kind of having this surface layer. It's like, mm -hmm that's not real. People don't really want that. And I find myself, I'm like the people that I enjoy following are yeah. honest, real, they ruffle feathers. They, okay. Yeah. So, but that's my, that's kind of my, my first inclination is like, I don't want to make anybody mad, yeah. you know, but so. it's what's needed. And it's not, and it's not mm -hmm. intentional. It's just, you know, people want people who are real people yeah. want people who go through things like they go through things, whether it's the same exact thing or not. They don't want people that always project on social media that everything is rainbows and butterflies. And yeah, you need only look outside to realize it's not rainbows and butterflies all no. the time, you know? So yeah, I love that. So the last question and kind of, I've been asking everyone this season to mm -hmm. Like what we kind of said earlier to encourage people to break away from that hustle culture mm -hmm. all the time. I'm asking everyone to share something that you love to do that doesn't necessarily bring you a profit that you do just for the joy that it brings you. Travel, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but when I can't, but that costs money. So when that's not in the budget or, or my vacation sinking fund is looking a little depleted, it's as simple as gardening. I have a garden outside. Yeah. Um, I actually need to kind of it's time to the season's changing. So I need yeah. to kind of clear up the brush that's in there. Um, but I also have plants. I'm a very, I, I, I really do enjoy my private time. I enjoy the time with, by myself. I think I'm an introvert. Uh, other people yeah. may not think so, but um, I enjoy um, being by myself. Um, not all the time, but it's where I recharge. Mm -hmm. um, I've got plants that I absolutely love to care for. Uh, I just, I take my time caring for them. And it's kind of like a way for me to practice mindfulness. Um, and I know that, I don't know if other people have like these grand answers about, oh, no, I that's totally do this. Um, but truth be told, even with debt-free going to be, if it, if, if the things I did within the business didn't bring, um, didn't bring a profit, I would still do it because my, my goal is to help people yeah. as much as I can without kind of tiring myself out doing it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I enjoy kind of like what you were saying about when you were coaching, um, and you were talking to your client and they realized that they would qualify for the $20,000 in, in forgiveness. I love seeing things click in people. Yes. I love when people realize their situation isn't as bad as they initially thought, or when people realize they have an action plan and a way to move forward um, with their goals. I enjoy doing that. And to be honest with you, even if um, I didn't get paid to do it, I would do it. Maybe not as much, but I would right. do, I, I enjoy helping people. So yeah, so those are the kind of things that I, I enjoy that. doing, um, you know, just, just to recharge, just to rest, to have some peace and, and quiet in yeah. my life. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. So tell people where they can find you, some resource, resources that you offer. Sure. All that. I am always on Instagram at debt free gonna be. Um, but be careful because there are quite a few imposter accounts. Yes. Debt free gonna be is my only account 
they'll get fancy with adding extra letters, some special characters. That's not me. So yes. don't, get, don't get caught up uh, with them because uh, they'll try to get you to buy crypto. Yes, um, they're doing that <laughs> they, right? They're ridiculous. Um, I do have a blog, although I don't necessarily update it as often as I should, but that's debtfreegonnabe.com. Um, that is actually where you can read my student loan story, uh, which I've titled My Biggest Money Regret. Um, so you can feel free to check that out. I also have a free debt payoff guide for anyone who is trying to start, don't know where to start uh, tackling their debt or they're on their journey and they just need a little bit of encouragement, some motivation and tips. Um, and they can find that. I don't know if you're going to link that in the show notes, yes, but they yes. can definitely find that at the link in my profile on Instagram. And again, it is I free. That. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for Thank you. taking this time out. I know your time is very valuable. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.